Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Let me get to a very serious situation. A mother who has been providing round-the-clock care for her terminally ill son for the past 18 years has been left feeling worthless after having her carer's allowance removed and she joins me on the line. Geraldine Renting, good afternoon to you, Geraldine. Hi, Niall. How are you? Geraldine, firstly, I'm very sorry to hear about your situation. It's a devastating situation. And talk to us a little bit, first of all, about your, your son. And, and he has Hunter syndrome. And for many people who maybe don't know what that is or how it presents itself, how does that affect Ethan's day-to-day life? Well, at the beginning, Ethan didn't have any signs or symptoms of Hunter syndrome. So it took us six years to get a diagnosis. But slowly, from the age of six, he was, um, yeah, for the last 12 years, he's been slowly regressing. Back to a baby, I suppose. He was mm. once walking, talking, laughing, eating and all that, but uh, now not so much. He's, okay. wheel- he's a wheelchair user and he's, uh, he has a peg in okay. for feeding when he needs it. Okay. And, um, you know, from a cognitive point of view, how is he? Is he okay? No. No, okay. No, um, Hunter's syndrome affects every part of the body, including right, okay. the brain. Yeah. And what is the mortality rate? And I, and I don't mean to talk to you about this, but obviously it's important for you as well as a carer. But the mortality yeah. rate for Hunter syndrome, I believe that he is one of the oldest surviving people with Hunter syndrome. He is, yeah, in Ireland with severe form. Like with many syndromes, you'll find there's some mild forms. There's even a late onset. Adults can have it and not know they have it, but mm. so mild. Yeah. But with Ethan, he's very severe. So he turned 18 and the day they diagnosed him, they told me he'd be lucky to see his 12th birthday. So to go home and love him, there was nothing more they could do. Okay. And that was basically, yes, you're on your own now. Sorry. That well, was it, to, to some they extent. Would help. Yeah, yeah, they would help. But there was no cure. They made that very clear to me. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming you've kind of, you've spoken to other people, you know, with children with the same syndrome. And yes. is, is there yes. any hope? Is there anything there in the future? Or is there any sign of any breakthroughs in relation to Hunter syndrome? Well, it's, I think there is, Niall, to be honest with you, it doesn't do my heart good to keep up with it, so I don't, because Ethan right. will be too old for anything, any intervention. But my understanding is that once they cross the blood-brain barrier, it will help not only Hunter syndrome, but Alzheimer's too. It's also known as Alzheimer's syndrome in children because they forget everything. Right, okay. So That I, is the problem. Okay, so it's just like an accelerated version from birth, I suppose, of Alzheimer's. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they go back the way. Yeah. All right, so, you know, basically he receives round the clock care, which obviously has got more difficult as he's as become, he older, as he's become yeah. an adult, essentially. So yeah. you're dealing with a man now at this stage, not with a boy anymore. So, I mean, how is that on a daily basis? That must present itself in a very you know, awkward way because obviously you have to try and help him, feed him, uh, get him to bed, bath him, yeah. all those kind of things. Okay. Well, I, I obviously, I've, uh, I have a husband and a 15-year-old son who helped me an awful lot. Mm-hmm. So um, we we carry Ethan up and down the stairs now because we have no place for him to sleep downstairs or house isn't suitable. Yeah. And our adaptive bathroom is no longer suitable for Ethan, so we don't shower him at home. We give him um, washes by the sink and all that kind of stuff, basin washes in respite, they shower, and then he goes there 10 nights over a month. So Yeah. We're lucky. We're waiting and trying our best to save to get money together to knock out the back of the house in order to get an extension so Ethan can shower and have his dignity and sleep downstairs safely. Instead of you need, you need a shower stairs. room, essentially, is what you need, isn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah, and hoists and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. I know somebody's in a very similar situation to yourself and they had to literally get a, a kind of bathroom built. It's one that I, can't, I can't remember what they call them, but basically the, the whole bathroom is waterproofed. Uh, yes, yeah. Essentially. Right, right. 
Yeah, a wet yeah. room. There you go. That's the name yeah. for it. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, this kind of caring uh, and this, you know, day-to-day caring comes at a cost because, firstly, you can't go out and work. Uh, or no. some, I mean, obviously, I believe your husband is working all right, but you can't. Uh, somebody yeah. has to be there with him all day uh, until, of course, he's... And, and I'm sure you you probably hasn't been, haven't been getting respite recently at all, have you? No, I have. I have. Um, when the COVID came in, I pulled Ethan from the respite service, obviously, out of fear and not knowing what was happening. But uh, my brother passed away in the end of March, Nile, so I didn't have a choice. I'm I sorry to hear that, by the way. Condolences Thanks to you. Thank very much. Um, so I didn't have um, anybody to care for Ethan because they're not able to. So I went and um, rang the team, and thankfully they opened it and took Ethan, and they've been excellent ever since. They've put my mind at ease and insisted on taking Ethan if I was comfortable with it, and I have been, and he's been going ever since. I'm very lucky to have him. So how often does he does he get to go there? Or how often does he go he, there? He goes 10 nights over a month. Okay, 10 so, nights over yeah. a month. Okay, so that yeah. kind of gives you a bit of a break to yeah. back to some level yeah. of normality, if you know what I'm saying, that, that I suppose, get, get, yeah. you know, to have, a, have a, a, a kind of life apart from being a carer. Um, yes. But, uh, but essentially, you've become his carer. Now, you get a carer's allowance, or you were getting a I'm carer's well, allowance, yeah. but because yeah. he's 18, you don't get it anymore. That's... So does he? No, it's not. No, it's not that night at all. It's because carers' allowances means tested, which people don't seem to understand or know that it's means tested. I didn't so know it was they, means tested, but there you go. Okay. Yeah, you're not the only one who didn't know. It's means tested, so that means that my husband is deemed to be earning too much money now. So I am virtually working for absolutely nothing, and they've taken everything from me now, everything. So what is the, what is the cutoff uh, amount income wise? Six hundred and sixty-five for a married couple a week. Six sixty-five. Yeah, without taking in any of my bills. Like the, they didn't ask me for what was coming out of this house. Like they if you, if you said to me, if you said to me two or three grand, I'd kind of understand. But yeah. six hundred—that's ridiculous. It is. Yeah, it is. It's it's a feeling like they just want to keep you where you are. They don't like my husband put himself through college again as an adult. Because mm-hmm. we knew Ethan would need extra needs, and we knew the state would let us down. So he did all that. He's pushed himself forward in his job, which takes time and takes him away from the Of course, yeah, 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 of course. So now he's going to have to do more of that and leave Hoop doing all the caring, even more caring alone. Me, you know, and then they're going to take everything from me and say that I don't work, so I'll be down as unemployed. And how much is a carer's allowance these days? It depends. So the basic, the basic carer's allowance is €219. Euro. Okay. So when you work that out now, that's €5.47. Um, cent an hour Okay. if you only work 40 hours a week I've yet to meet a carer who only does 40 hours a week and if your son was in state care which thankfully he's not it would cost yes. the state a hell of a lot more to have him yes. looked after than you looking exactly. after him so you're essentially like saving the state money financial. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm taking care of their financial burden of my son now he's not he's not a burden to me I absolutely adore him but I work long hours well into the night I'm I on can call only imagine. all the time I yeah and imagine. I learn all these things now that no mother should know but mm. I have to do it. But yet when he's in their care, in respite or school, it's stated over and over again, Ethan must have two people with him at all times for Ethan's safety. But me, nah, it doesn't matter. You know, she's the man, it's fine. She can carry him up and down the stairs, it doesn't matter. So it's just, it's ridiculous now. So this money has been, you basically received a letter saying that you would no longer be receiving carers allowance because your husband's wage had increased. And I, I don't yeah. want to know your personal business, had it increased by much? Oh, no, we're Just once it goes over the, the limit. 100 euros 100 over, the limit. Euro over the limit. That's yeah. crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. So because yeah. he's 100 euro over the limit per week, you lose over 200. Yeah, I'm losing my 219. And not only that, but I'm losing the help with the bins. I've doubled bins because Ethan's doubling continent. So my bins are very heavy. Oh, I'm losing that. I'm losing the TV license. I'm losing the rest by care grants. 
I'm losing everything. So All because was, your husband earned an extra hundred quid? Yeah, over a hundred, about a hundred and twenty. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, there's no joined up thinking here at all, is there? No. At all. Like really and no, truly. It's one, yeah, one box for all. Do you know what I mean? There's no there's no thought about all the different types of caring people do. There mm-hmm. are people who do a lot more than me. And I think I do an awful lot, but there's people that have two, three kids, do you know, that need this constant care. Yeah. And then there's people who have kids who are much milder. There are people have, all look, there's people the out there collecting allowances who are probably very little wrong with them at all, to be honest with you. And yeah, but you're right, it's a blunt instrument piece of legislation yeah. that basically doesn't take into consideration how much everybody does and how difficult your life is and how it's affecting your life. Yeah, and how and you know, they they talk about mental health there on the radio and all that and she's I can only imagine. It boils my blood. Yeah. I can't and I can, really. Yeah. I can imagine you just wake up to another day. It's. I'm assuming sometimes, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful to Ethan, but it's like Groundhog Day, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it has been. I mean, COVID didn't affect my life in the sense of I'm not able to go anywhere anyway, really, unless respite comes in and I, takes Ethan. You know, that's that's my life. But they never thought, they didn't give any consideration to the carers of this country when they were talking about COVID and crisis. They took every possible resource from us now. And deploy them somewhere else. Where they deploy them, I don't bloody well know. But I haven't got a clue what's going on with Ethan. He's supposed to have been graduating school this year and going into an adult centre. Nobody has told me what's happening. And the guys don't know. The guys on the ground. And how is Ethan at the moment? Is he? I mean, in himself. I mean, he obviously knows what's wrong with him. I'm assuming. No, he does doesn't. he? Does he have an awareness of what's wrong with him? No, no, no. no. he doesn't even. He doesn't really recognise me. I think. Does he? I not? don't know. No. When, he, when, uh, once upon a time, he would have. When do you think but, that's? Um, when do you think that stopped? Or when did you notice that it kind of stopped? Uh, maybe about two years ago, when we had to, um, we couldn't feed him by mouth, and he took an awful decline, and right. he was very violent, so we had to hospitalise him between Temple Street and Galway. Now I can't say enough about the services; they are fantastic people. Yeah. So we got a peg into him, and it was only when we started feeding him through the peg that he'd kind of look at me very blankly. And I realised then that I don't think he recognises me anymore. There was no reaction to me. Now, sometimes he has reactions to me, but they're getting less. What do you, does he, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry, because I'm very ignorant around the whole thing. But does, no, no, does, no. He, do, does he smile? Does he show emotion? Yes. Does he smile at oh, you yeah. every now and again? And yes, yeah. Oh, he shows emotions all right now. You know, he's quick with the, with <laughs> he get hands. angry. He get angry every now and again, too. Oh, yes. Oh, very, very, yeah. yeah. Um, he can be angry over things that I have to guess. It's like, you know, at least when your baby's angry, you can pick them up and cuddle them, you know? And yeah. if they hit you, they're not going to give you a black eye. <laughs> you know, Ethan would hate and I would have a black eye and it's normally over things that I have to guess so I'd be going, well, what time is it? He likes to be fed at exactly half twelve at exactly three o'clock at exactly half past five And he knows those times, he, he knows I think he does yeah. because often when he's lashing out at me I'll think, she's a cookie food and I give me over and I go, mmm, nom, 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 nom. so I'm like, okay, that's what it was So it's, 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 it's literally like dealing with a baby when you don't really know what they want but they, they exactly. want something yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's much stronger, much bigger. Of course, he's 18. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That but must be a um, very difficult life for you. It is. And I, mean, I know I know you I wouldn't swap him. It. I know you love him no. and you wouldn't swap yeah. it for the world. I know, I understand. I mean, of obviously course, you would have preferred if it didn't happen, but I mean, yeah. of course, you know. And, yeah, no. and I mean, his health at the moment, apart from the fact that you say it's like the latter stages of Alzheimer's and yeah. obviously he's wheelchair bound, yeah. Um, but his health, generally speaking, is, is is he in good health apart from that? I mean, well, I, I know that sounds like a bizarre question. but Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, for, for a terminally ill child, he's quite healthy. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yes, yeah. the doctors call him the comeback kid. 
All right. So, so when I, we think he's on the brink, you turn the next night, you know, 48 hours might be crucial or whatever, he'll open the big eyes, big blue eyes, and you give you a smile. And you're like, Jesus, here he is again, the comeback hit. So they're preparing us all the time. And do you have many, is there many moments where you think, gosh, this this looks like this, this you know, he's not well? Or I've that, had over the last two years, especially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where he's been pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a lot of violence with him. And they're not eating, and that's why we have the peg in. He gets his meds through the peg, but when he's having bad days, I can also feed him through the peg. So it's handy in the sense that he's still getting the nourishment, and I don't have to bring him into the hospital. I know everybody listening is, you know, and I know there are probably people listening in the similar situation to you, by the way. Oh, yeah, uh, maybe with a ch- child or an elderly person or whatever it happens to be. But of course, you know, the, the reason we're talking about it is that the very fact that they've removed this carers allowance from me, I think, is just outrageous, particularly in your situation. I mean, your husband is not earning a huge amount of money. It's a, it's a no, decent enough much. wage if you had two yeah. kids. But I mean, it's not a huge amount of money when you take into consider the cost of the fact that you have to stay at home. So there's no opportunity to earn more money. And yeah. uh, you're basically a full time carer saving the state thousands absolutely yeah. thousands and, yeah and they won't they won't give me any financial help at all and nothing for me so they're taking my identity away as well Do you know it's just it's hard enough being a carer and when you see when you tell people you're a carer they kind of look at you and go oh so you're a stay home mommy a lady of leisure I've been called you know? lady of leisure so, hardly yeah, yeah no one actually called me that like, I just laughed in their face and have you been on to your local like, TD have you contacted your local TD your local senile they're all great at coming out of the woodwork ah, they've all contacted me I've sent them an angry email telling them what I want to change but no one seems to know how to change the law that's what I want I just don't want my money back I want the rights of carers to be acknowledged in this country I've had enough Mm. Do you know, I, I want the law to be changed. We work damn hard, all of us. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't disagree with you. I wouldn't. And yeah. I think the way we have to look at it is the law should be changed to look at each individual case I and the merits so, yeah. of every, every case. Absolutely. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't say that the law should be changed to a, a, you know, a blanket rule that everybody just gets. It. No. But there should, yeah. be, there should be some way of look. And I understand their point of view. They're probably going to say, oh, well, the administration involved in that would be, you know, exponential. And yeah. But, but it doesn't matter. I mean, we should be looking at the merits of every single case, particularly when you have doctor's reports, you know, that there's yeah. not something mild wrong with your child. It's very serious. Exactly, that you really cannot actually work. You know, I couldn't. Well, he's not independent in any shape or form. No. You know what I mean? No, yeah. It's quite the opposite, actually. I mean, there are children out there who are not independent, but still they can get on with their day-to-day lives pretty much okay as yes. long as a parent is present. But, I mean, yeah. your child literally needs to be assisted to do everything in his life. Yeah, he's going back the way. You know, if you were to look at it very basically, he's going back the way. He's not the child with disabilities who are trying to get out into the community and hopefully live an independent life someday. He will never have that. Okay. Well, I'm no. really, I, 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 have you got anywhere at all? You've seen you've had no response or positive response from anybody. I, I have some local TDs who asked me to send them emails and stuff like that, so I did all that, and I'm just waiting on a couple of responses. But the Carers Association Ireland have been good, and Inclusion Ireland. So I'm just trying to figure a way out with anybody who knows anything about the law how to change it all right, well, very look, slowly. <laughs> well, look, if there's uh, anybody, be it you solicitor, barrister, uh, employment laws, or if anybody's listening who thinks they know something about the law or it might be a loophole here or there might be some way of looking into this to get this change for not just, obviously, uh, for Geraldine, but for people of no. the future, other Geraldines of the future and many other, uh, well, I'll say mix and Geraldines as well. I don't want to be sexist <laughs> in this because I'm sure there are men <laughs> who are caring for women too. Um, yeah. And so, I and it, look, you know, it, it's, it's something that people want to do as well. I mean, I, I know people, I know my own father cared for my mother uh, towards the end of her life, which was quite bizarre, actually, considering that she, for his whole life, cared for him, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But when, when she became very ill towards the end, he did a brilliant job for two or three years caring for her. Um, so in saying that, 
Uh, I, I believe the law has to be changed where we look at each individual case and administer each individual case based on its own merits. And in your case, without a shadow of a doubt, there is no reason why this should have happened to you. Absolutely none. It, yeah. is, it is devaluing you as a person. You know, it is, yeah. Yeah, it know? is. It's not, it's not a very nice feeling either. No. And the, the one thing I think that the government do need to stress is that any one of us can become a carer. Yeah. You know, I think the public don't really realise that. Well, it's, it's a full, like, no, well, it's a full-time it's job because if they were yeah. to pay someone to go in and do what you're doing, which somebody has to be responsible for your son. So if you weren't oh, yeah. if you weren't around, somebody would have to be paid to do that for your son, and that person yeah. is not going to get five whatever it is euro per hour as you quoted earlier on. No. Or do it for free. <laughs> or do it for free for the matter <laughs> yeah. as you're doing it right now, okay? I'm and I, and I understand people are going to say, well, he is your son, but that's beside the point. That's I mean, you're, you're point, not, yes, you're, you're not denying yeah. the fact that you love him and you would do it for nothing anyway. But the yeah. point is, you should be assisted by the state. Listen, uh, I wish you well, Geraldine, and I hope something comes of it, and certainly with the publicity maybe around this that you're getting, I hope some something has changed uh, because so you deserve the money, all right? And you deserve Thanks it. So and and not just the money, it's, it's the support. Because when you say money, yeah. it makes it sound monetary. You deserve the support is what you deserve. You Thank know. you so much, Niall. I appreciate it. All right, Jeremy. Thanks very much. And good luck to you. Thank and good luck to Ethan bye. as well. All right. Thanks okay. so much. See bye you. Bye. Bye. And what a shocking, shocking story. I mean, there's a young, a young man, by the way. He's not a child. He's a young man. And you heard him talk about the fact that literally she has to try and wash him by the sink because he's too big to carry into a bathroom now at this stage. And she, I mean, how is she supposed to afford to do the things with one job, one income coming into the house? So what if her husband earns over €635 and he happens to be earning an extra 100 quid? Jeepers, when you have that kind of situation, how much is that costing on a yearly basis extra? To provide, you know, nappies for your child, for your 18-year-old child. To provide resources for your 18-year-old child. Uh, you know, stimulants for him, you know, to stimulate him throughout the day. Because as you heard, it's very similar to having an adult, I suppose, with the latter stages of Alzheimer's. And I find that extremely sad. As a parent, I can only imagine what that moment must have felt like going back a couple of years ago when she felt he didn't recognise her anymore. But the government should be ashamed. They should hang their heads in shame. Whoever made that decision or who looked at her situation... An admin putting pen pusher in the civil service who looked at that. Now, I understand the law is the law, but they should have looked at the situation and went to his superior and said, listen, you know what I mean? Here's a kid here, 18 years of age with Hunter syndrome, the oldest surviving probably in the country, who has basically gone back to being a baby again. This woman needs support and needs help. This is bizarre that we're going to cut off her money. Or even when she rang up, they should have reassessed the situation for her. Somebody needs to be in there. They need to have a group of people within the civil servants. God knows. I'm not suggesting all civil servants do nothing all day, but God knows there's a lot of them in there sitting on their arses all day doing absolutely nothing. Surely one or two of them could be put together in a small team to reassess certain situations and look at situations. I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and we'll come back to this. The number is 87 8 We weren't meant to make a topic out of this today, but I'm absolutely livid. Absolutely livid. The government in this country, the TDs, the people who won't help and support this woman, they should hang their heads in shame. Mary, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Mary? Hi, Niall. Very good, thank you. Good. You have a seven-year-old who has Down syndrome. Yes. And yes. like uh, Geraldine, we spoke to a few minutes ago, you're over the limit as well. Well, it's my, gran- my grandson and my daughter's over the limit by 23 euros. Right. And they're investigating it at the moment, and um, they do not take into account mortgages, speech therapy. They take nothing into account. They just take your books. She's self-employed, working part-time in the business, which is very difficult as well. It means sometimes the staff get more than she does. Um, and they're, I think they're just trying to 
claw back the money that they've given out for COVID and all the, you know, the problems that we've had, which I can understand totally. But they're tackling and at the vulnerable well, people. That's what I'm again. saying. They're picking on the most vulnerable people rather than right. getting that money yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. If you see the 24 hours a day we have, it's absolutely terrible. You know, it's it's full time. It's you can't leave him outside the door. He could run away. Of course. Everything is and, and, and I want to clarify here. You know, you wouldn't change that for the world because you love oh him. I, God, of course, yeah, and, and, and know with your daughter, absolutely. Adore the child. Yeah, but we have to be honest and say yeah. there's an inconvenience to it for everybody. Oh, and absolutely, yes. it's hard work. It's twenty four seven, and that's what people don't realise. And it's just I'm so cross. You know, I mean, people on the COVID. I know people on the COVID that have been working one day a week, and they got three hundred fifty euro. For, for, and you for can't get a carer's allowance for a, for a ch- genuinely a child who's disabled. Yes, exactly. Like he's he's nonverbal. She is doing speech therapy since he's two years of age. He has got she has to do everything privately because there are no funds for him. And every time they they come and see him, like his behaviour is pretty bad. Mm. He's very good sometimes, but like he's hard work. But he's yeah, hard he comes with his own challenges, of course. He absolutely. comes with his own, and being nonverbal, it's very frustrating for I can us. Imagine. I can imagine. And for yeah. the child and mm. nappies, and like we're trying to nappy change him at the moment. We took him to the beach the other day. God love him, sure. He, we didn't get him on time. There was no toilet. Everything that he had on him had to be thrown away. So that's more new clothes. Yeah. There's there's mortgages to be paid for him, for a house for him. There's so many extras, and they don't take that into consideration whatsoever. They give you no chance. All the petrol up and down to Crumlin for heart. You know, he's got everything. Poor little lad has everything that he could possibly get. He has it. She is absolutely broke from him. And and, and so yeah. she's earning, and we we heard about the threshold a second ago there for for Geraldine's husband was, I think, yeah. 635, she said. Yeah. Um, and, and your daughter is slightly, is 23 euro over that threshold. She, you see, being self-employed, sometimes they, <laughs> when she's broken, she can't pay the mortgage. She borrows it from the business. Right. And she, you see, she puts I, it back I, She's in, basically but, loaning herself money. Yeah, yeah, but she's not putting it back in. She's putting it in cash. And of course, the accountant has put everything in. So that, she's not earning much. She's not earning the threshold. But they put it all back in and never asked about it. So she is twenty three euro over the limit. That's ridiculous. And they're like she's 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 had a hard year. We've had a very tough year with debts and everything. And they just send you this letter and you have to send everything back. They won't talk to you. They, they don't come and they don't No, it's the same rule for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it and is. And by the like, way, that's six hundred and thirty five euro. Is that before tax or after tax, by the way? Well, I forgot to ask Charlie that. I should have asked Charlie that, actually. Yeah, you see, they, they take lay and everything into account, you see. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, if you're paying lay for your child, you know, and, and yourself, you see, it all goes in. So you're not actually really getting that into your hand, if you know what I mean. And how much, how much was she getting on a carer's allowance? How much was she getting? You know, I'm not actually sure. I think it's 200 and something. 219, I think Charlie mentioned. Something, something like that, yeah. I'm not actually sure about that yeah, now. Which, which is not going to make you wealthy either, to be no, honest. No, no, and I can tell <laughs> but you. But it helps. It, it out, helps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does help. And like he's constantly, like he's constantly up to the scene. And, and have you, like I asked Geraldine, have you talked to a local TD, a representative? Or you tried no, to do anything I about haven't. It? No, okay. she's actually in the middle of trying to get her paperwork together and to send it off. And you know something, she's so stressed. I can imagine, I can yeah, imagine. Yeah, so and, and you're worried about her as well as worried about your grandson too. Yeah, yeah. yeah because of what yeah. she's going through. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like she doesn't need it. I, to be honest with you, 
unless you have a massive amount. And you know, even if you have a massive amount, you know, if you're if you're over the limit, what you're paying out to help these children and to do everything for them, you're actually le- you're you're less off. Of course, but, well, yeah, well, I mean, just basic stuff like buying nappies for a, a child yeah. of seven or a child yeah. of eighteen, as in yeah. Geraldine's and case, and all the travelling yeah. to hospitals, all the 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 um, like, it's there's so much going on. The speech therapy, the physiotherapy that you have to do yourself, and let me tell you now, you have to pay for that yourself, or you have no chance with your child, because they tell you, oh my God, he needs it so badly. We'll put him. We'll 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 do boot camp with him. Then the following week, oh, sorry, that person has gone on maternity, so we've nobody to do it and it won't, they won't be replaced. This goes on constantly with years, and he's getting no help. And, and Which well, it must, it must break your it must break your heart as well watching your I daughter am, going through this. You have no idea, but and I'm sixty five years of age, and I'm trying to help my best with him. Yeah, but but there's, there's a limit. There's a limit. There's a limit to what you can because do. you're pulling and dragging. He he won't. He's stubborn. He won't come back to you. He runs. <laughs> I can't run that fast at 65. Know, My back is broken from the poor child. And I, I absolutely, I've never felt love like for anyone like I felt for him. Yeah. He is a dope, like he really is. But, he, ha- but, he, but he, has, he has his special needs and he has his own yeah, challenges, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're of course. strong, you know. And you, you worry about them, like if anything happens to you or anything happens to the mother. You know, if they're put in somewhere, it's costing the state a fortune. Well, do, you, do me a favour, stay there as well, because I want to go to Sinead as well. Sinead, you're on Classic Kids. I think we've opened up a can of worms here today, Sinead, because <laughs> uh, so many people are texting and are calling in with the same issue. And you're in a similar situation where you have a son who's nine years of age and he, he's, he needs care for life, essentially. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, yeah. No, he, I, I feel so sorry for anyone who's a carer, because I know uh, technically you wouldn't change them, but I would, because it's such a worry. I know I love him more than anything in this world. But if I, when I'm gone, I don't have that reliance on who's going to love him and he's not going to be able to take after himself. Mm. You're dependent always that somebody else yeah. is going to have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can ignore getting hit, breaking iPads, breaking TVs, yeah. having to doubly, being doubly incontinent. You know, you, mm. you love through all that stuff. Not sleeping, not eating, pulling hair, you know, everything, screaming, roaring, all that stuff. And then, you, you know, you're dependent. It's so stressful. People just wouldn't, can't even possibly imagine the stress that carers go through. And I agree, Sinead, at the yeah. moment. Yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah. Especially it, at yeah. the moment with no school and everything. Like, you yeah. literally That's don't I was going to say, has it been worse during COVID? Because obviously he's yeah. been there more. You don't get five minutes to just breathe. And you love this little person, like, you'd explode for them. But they literally take every ounce that you have. Uh, sorry, I'm getting upset. But they literally take everything. No, it's you okay. Have. It's, uh, no, I understand. And, and, mm-hmm. and the other thing, by the way, when we're talking about carers and carers' allowance and support, there needs to be support too for people like you, Sinead, and other mothers like Geraldine who are out there, you know, because this has a, takes a huge toll on your mental health. But no, oh, there, yeah. there is no support. Sorry, no, for no. there is no support. Absolutely. No. no, nothing. Nobody cares. They possibly couldn't yeah. even begin to understand what you're going through unless you're, unless you're living. Nobody could have what it's like to be on call 24 hours a day, all the time. And what, what's, uh, uh, Sinead, what, what's wrong with your little fella? He's nine years of age. What's wrong with him? He has autism and an intellectual disability. So he's, he's about 18 months. Okay. Maybe he'll get to about three, four in his own. You know, okay, cognitive age. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like he's lovely and everything, but he's very aggressive and very hyper. Like, you know, that way. And he has his beautiful moments, but he also is... 
Challenging moments. Very yeah, challenging you moments. Let, you couldn't let him outside on his own at all. You have to be watching him all the time. You can't, like... He, he, like one, one day he managed to get out of my house and ran and it was only that one of my neighbours spotted him and knew that he wasn't supposed to be out and we all had to like go running after him but like not he would have gone straight to the he loves water he loves the sea he would have been straight go, gone he wouldn't have known where he'd gone yeah. no sense whatsoever at all no no common sense and no, no. And no road sense no. or nothing yeah he'd nothing. run straight out onto nothing. a road yeah yeah, and I, and, I, and I think I, I think to be honest with you that uh, Mary is echoing that as well, obviously yeah. because yeah. Yeah. it's frightening. It's it's actually frightening. Yeah. No, no, I know. They were locked down. And we're you know, I, I, like I have three kids of my own, and they're all grown up now. They're the youngest is eighteen, but it, we take for granted how and I don't, I don't want to use the I don't want to use the word normal because that sounds very bad but we take for granted how our children live our lives and they're independent to a certain degree even when they're very young. They'll go. They leave the house. They have their own lives. With a child with special needs, it's forever. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah. And it is exhausting. We love them, and I totally agree with Sinead. They're fabulous when they have their moment, their good moments. But my God, they are. It's, it's, you're, you're high alert. You're, you're living on your nerves yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm like you now, I'm, I'm, I'm near tears. Yeah. But it, it, I'm, they don't appreciate. I, I, I had, I had five children myself. Every one of them were grand. But like this little fella. God help us, like, would you just give the mothers a break because they are exhausted. They are yeah. totally and utterly, they don't sleep at night. No. They're up at, they're up at all hours of the morning with them. They're like, God almighty, just quite. The, the politicians got 8,000 euro there of a rise. For what? Or some, some, some one of them, I don't know, who, some crowd anyway got 8,000 yeah. yeah. it. And they're taking it off the poor mothers it's the mothers at the end of the day have to put up with this. The dads go out to work, but the mothers are trying so hard, and it's exhausting. It is, and I have to agree with you. In the majority of cases, it is mothers, and there are some men. I'm sure men are listening. I don't offend any of them who are looking after uh, people, probably the, their wives or their daughters or sons or whatever it is as well. But primarily, it does seem to be women who take that role and stay at home. Do me a favour, actually, Sinead and Mary, will you both stay there with me because I have to take a break, and I feel really actually really bad taking a break because I'm so upset about listening to this whole thing. When Helena said to me earlier on, she said, "Look, uh, would you want to have a quick read up about Geraldine, uh, Geraldine Renton and her son Ethan, because we want to talk to her at, at twelve o'clock." I said to myself, and, and, and Geraldine, please don't take this disrespectfully. I thought, you know, this is a kind of 15 minute interview to draw attention to a problem that we have in society. But I never in all my wildest dreams believed that we would have got the reaction that we're getting now from the amount of people that are calling in in a very similar situation. And not just about the money, about the support that's there. And we spoke to Mary just before the break, whose daughter is um, over the threshold like Geraldine and doesn't get the support, the financial support. But Sinead, your husband is just under the threshold. So, yeah. so I'm assuming you're still getting the carers allowance. I'm still getting it. But, so if, he, he but if he earns a penny, a few quid more, yeah. you're gone. Yeah, gone. And it's like, I, I, I know I keep saying this, but it is like being in an abusive relationship with, with one of these kids. Like, no, it's I understand. so amazing, but you, you get nothing, you get very little back, like, you know, in that way. And he, he's just full on all the time, constantly. And we're always a bit terrified that if he progresses at all, if he progresses at all in his job, then that means that the care goes, which also means like... And it, because every little bit helps, of course. Every yeah, little. exactly. And then because, I well, because you, you're in a situation where you can't go to work. No, no. And I've always had a job, like, and now I can't. 
I mean, I don't know whether you heard Geraldine at the start of the show. Her son is 18. So if you could, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not suggesting for a minute there's always somebody worse off than yourself. But when you listen to the situation that Geraldine's in, your young lad, I mean, obviously he is going to get older. And that's going to become more difficult for you then when he becomes unmanageable. I mean, what... Without sounding, you know, insensitive, what are you, what are you going to do when he gets... At the moment, he's nine, and you're saying he's physically hurting you as well, I imagine. Yeah. What, yeah. Are, you, what are you going to do when he's 16 or 17? I don't know. I've had, like, a nervous breakdown last year thinking about it, thinking about who was going to look after him when I died and how I was going to manage him because you do live a Groundhog Day every day. It's the same thing. What, day, so what, time, what time did your day start? Oh, it could start at 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. He doesn't sleep. He's really like a very high child, you know, that way. Yeah, yeah. And he's like this morning he was up at, or yesterday morning he was up at 10 past two and he was up for the day. He never went back to bed until bedtime at like half eight or nine. So you essentially no. have to get up once he's up? Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't leave him downstairs on his own. And he's not the type of child to sit occupy, and, and occupy himself or something no, like that. He won't, no. he won't pick up an iPad and occupy himself for a few minutes. No. He's dancing around the place, jumping around, <laughs> wanting to play, and you know he thinks it's the morning time when he's awakened. Yeah, because he's no concept of time. No, no, he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care like normal rules and things don't apply. You know, in his world, he does not know. It doesn't directly have a physical impact. I, so I don't. Sinead, I do, you, you, I mean, and the same, you know, with Mary with your daughter, and you too, Mary, as a grandparent, has obviously given as much help as you can. You deserve. Oh, I mean, you guys are heroes because I, I just couldn't do. I can't. I suppose if you're a parent put in that situation, you have to do it. You have no choice. Well, people, people say to me all the time, well, "I don't know how you do it." But I don't know I how you do, do it. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. But you would do it because you have to do it. You have no choice yeah. unless you give them up to, in, you know, into, into care, care residential care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but and Niall, another consideration: if you are trying to work and you know you do a little part time, a few hours. Um, who do you get to mind a child with special needs? It's not everybody. Like you, you no, get your your child not. and you you put put into the preschool, or you you have someone that'll take the child. You know, uh, during the day or like the holidays. Now there are so few people. Will take I mean, what do you do child. when you even want a night? Eh? I mean, sorry, Sinead, oh, what do you, you have in family? You've nobody. Yeah, Sinead, that's what I'm you. saying, Sinead. Yeah. I mean, do do you have family that can help if you want a night out or if you want a holiday? Well, none or? of my family would be able to mind my okay. son. Okay. None of them. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. It's a big responsibility, the, yeah. The disability in my family, you know, I love my family, but they're very young. They wouldn't be overly comfortable with it and they never made an effort but, really to... Well, I suppose some some people would be uncomfortable with it and some people would find it to be a very big responsibility. But, yeah. Yeah, and, and that that would be difficult. So from your point of view, so it doesn't only affect your home life, you don't even get a chance to get a break. Uh, and no, get we, we, we did put him into respite last year, which in itself nearly killed me also because I was so... Worried about with him. guilt then and, and why would you so feeling, why are you feeling guilty because I've, it's a bit of I suppose it's an element of control almost you know mm. that you know that he's safe when he went to respite the first few times sure I was having horrible nightmares that they had him locked in a room beautiful women lovely people down there don't get me wrong this is my own fears you know that way oh, he paranoia say, yeah. say, he couldn't say to me oh I had an amazing time I loved it they were really nice to me I didn't know what was happening you know that way so Mm. It was just really difficult for me. I know the guilt. Yeah, I understand. Just let understand. go. You know that way. I was okay. worried about my other my other two children 
and they could say to me, actually, that was horrible. And I would, you know, whereas he can't tell me. I mean, your heart is breaking listening to you, Sinead, because yeah. and I know loads of people are texting in saying the same thing, you know, because that there is just isn't enough support. I mean, it's all yeah. well and good even throwing you 219 or whatever it is, euro a week. And, and hopefully you don't lose that because there's, there's certainly no ambition for your husband to want to earn any more because you lose that, lose that money unless he's going to earn three or 400 quid more suddenly. Um, but yeah. in saying that, it's the other support that you need. You need... And you need support for you, not just for him, but for you. Yeah. I don't know how a human... I mean, as human beings, we're not designed to deal with that. No. You know, no. I mean, it's all, I mean, every parent has gone through that for, you know, the first 18 months of a child's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when you've... Because as little babies, of course, we're useless. You know what I mean? So, you know, we have to change nappies. We have to teach people to walk and talk and all those kind of things. And that's what we do as parents. But to have that then continue throughout their life. Yeah, it's never I, ends. I, 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 just, I, I just can't imagine it, Sinead. I can't imagine it. And my heart goes out to you, and I'm really, really sorry to hear it. You know, and I'm sorry to hear it for everybody. And I know you all love your children. Uh, oh, immensely. And, I, and don't get me wrong, I do love them uh, like, uh, so much. And when I say I would change, I literally change him for him because I can't imagine living in a world where you're traumatized by a washing machine or a lawnmower or mm-hmm. you hate the noise of. You know, the sights of this. And I can imagine, yeah. You know, he doesn't eat because he doesn't like taste and smells. Everything's sensory, you know? No, I, I, I get it. And listen, I, I have to go into a break, Sinead. And listen, I really, really wish you well. And I, we were planning on doing something else today. But because what Geraldine's opened up a whole can of worms here in yourself and Mary and everybody else, I have loads more people to get to after the break. Thank you very much indeed, Mary and Sinead. And I wish both of you well. The show started today. We were going to do, we had a lot to talk about today, uh, different things. But I'll be honest with you, so many people so many people are texting in after Geraldine was on. Uh, Geraldine has raised a very interesting topic when she talks about her son, Ethan, who has Hunter syndrome at the age of 18 years of age. And she was cut off her carer's allowance because her husband got a rise in work. And the cutoff point was just over 600 quid, which is crazy. There's the monetary uh, angle of this particular story, uh, which needs to be dealt with. And um, Helena is now going to obviously look into that as well uh, with you know those in charge to see what can be done about that. But there's not just the monetary angle. Now we listen to Sinead and Mary before the break as well. Um, the support that's there for people who are essentially at the end of their tether and listening to Sinead, I can see she's a broken woman. She's a broken woman having to deal with a child who is challenging. It's not that she doesn't love her son. And that's, I don't want anybody to get that impression that, you know, people who have children with disabilities don't love them. Of course, they love them more probably than anybody else because they spend so much time with them. It's because it's so challenging. And human beings, that's what we are. You know, we are vulnerable. Uh, and we do have breaking points and we do have a point where we just can't do any more. We can't take any more. Uh, Brenda, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Brenda? Good. Hello, how are you? Good, Brenda. You also have a son with special needs. I uh, do. I do, yeah. And how old is he? He's almost six, Niall. Um, he's actually a complex medical warrior. He's, um, he needs 24-hour care seven days a week. Okay. And what, what's wrong with him? Uh, we recently got a diagnosis. It's a very rare genetic um, mutation that he has. He has. It's called NACC1. But the the main problem with Fionn is cerebral agitation. Um, he can't walk or talk or sit up or feed himself or anything like that. So he is full care. Okay. And um, my carer's allowance has been slashed to sixty six euros a week as well. Because you have a partner, is it that earns money? Yeah, my husband. My husband works. 
Okay. Um, it's just, it's extremely frustrating. There's nobody takes into account our mortgage, the big loan we had to get to finish off an accessible extension for him. Do you, get, do, you get any, do you get any grants for that or any help with um, that? We got a small grant from the County Council by the skin of our teeth, Niall, and we had to, we had to find loopholes to even get it because okay. we were over the threshold. We're over the threshold for everything like, the, like Geraldine and everyone else. Like the, tre- the threshold is absolutely ridiculous. It is ridiculous, I, you know, yeah. Um, by today, you know, by today's standards, with the cost of living today and the cost of looking after a child that requires yeah. 24-hour care. Yeah, Fionn has to have private physiotherapy, speech and language, occupational therapy. Everything is private for him. Most of his equipment we've had to fundraise and supply privately because we were told at one stage he was getting a curve in his back and that he was at a real and genuine risk of getting scoliosis, Nile. And we were told it would be possibly 12 to 18 or even 24 months waiting for a wheelchair. So we said... You know, here now we're going to have to try and stop the scoliosis before it comes. And we went out and we fundraised for it. And we have been extremely lucky with our community and our friends. And Irish people are are great at getting together, of course. My God almighty, they're absolutely fantastic. But but you know what? It's not their responsibility, with the greatest respect. It's the government's responsibility to help people like yourself and support them. Absolutely. I mean... Because Fionn be... Fion is a citizen of this country and under the constitution of this country he has a right to care. And unfortunately, when I'm listening to the stories about Ethan and, and the stories about the other two uh, children as well, they're not getting that care. They're not getting that support. No. The, we, we get very good support from Family Carers Ireland, actually. I just wanted to mention that for Sinead. Maybe she could reach out and Geraldine as well. They've just started offering me counselling, Niall. I mean... The, the, You'd need the us. journey, yeah, the journey that we have been through in this last six years is just unspeakable. The fighting, the advocating for everything, his basic human needs and rights, we don't get them. We have to fight and fight and fight. We have to say how badly we're doing, how, how we're not coping, and still we don't get the support. I mean, these are the most vulnerable people in society, and we love them. Oh, my God, Niall, we want to keep them. Keep yeah. them home, keep them safe. There's no care facility, there's no hospital that could provide them with the care that we provide them at home. And all we want is to be recognised and to be seen. We're underappreciated. We're we're knocked down time and time again. Undervalued, it seems, certainly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely undervalued. And, and un- under-resourced to oh, yeah. deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and, and like Sinead, so when does your day start? When when does your day start, Brenda? Well, Fiona, Fiona's awake now since 12 o'clock last night. So I'm I'm up since then, and oh. yeah, Fionn actually suffers from extreme agitation. So he can scream and scream and scream and cry. He can go nine days and nine nights without sleep, Nile. Oh. And yeah, me too. Then. So like, then you Trevor, have to go without the sleep, obviously, as yeah, well to look yeah, after. My, yeah, exactly. My husband works extremely hard, and you know he's working shift work, and he's an electrician, so he can't be staying up at night. So at the weekends, we have no support. I am lucky. I'm one of the few families, I suppose, that has a home care package. That means I have a nurse coming in several nights a week now. But I'll tell you, the fight that I had to put up to get that. So how often, how often would the nurse come? How often does she come? Five nights a week oh, I have a nurse. And how long, yeah. does, how long does she stay? She stays. Well, I have a male nurse, a lovely male nurse, oh, and he, a female yeah. nurse. Yeah, we have uh, two lovely nurses. 
and they come in at 10 and they go at 8. Okay, well, that gives you a bit of a break then, I suppose. Oh, yeah. but, but like literally... Just I to have a sleep. Hear. That's what I'm saying, yeah. just have a sleep. Yeah, and sometimes I can still hear him crying, Niall. So I can imagine. You know, I can still hear him screaming, so it's really hard for me to shut down and, and how? Off. But how, okay, I, you've been telling me all about how, how your son is. Now, how are you? Oh, I tell you, um, it's hard, it's hard. You, I think I don't feel myself that I'm a mom. I feel I'm I'm a nurse. I'm a, a I do everything for him. I I just I don't know. I don't know how I am. I'm struggling. I am struggling, and I think all carers in Ireland are struggling. We're on our knees, Niall. We're absolutely on our knees, and we're just being ignored and unseen by the HSE and the government. It's so so hard. They're mentioning everyone, you know, and they're saying how great everyone is doing, and they're not mentioning the carers savage and Trojan work that we're doing in our homes every day and every night and we're sleep deprived we're administering medication, we're changing tubes, we're administering oxygen, we're giving medications that would knock a heart nile, you know and we're meant to do all Do that responsibly of course, yeah. Do it responsibly and sleep deprived and you know I don't know. I know everybody listening at home is saying the same thing. I don't know how you do it. We were myself and Lena and Ash were talking about it during the break, and I was saying I I just couldn't be you, Brenda. I now maybe if I was in that situation, I'd have to be you, but yeah. I I just I I couldn't. I can't see myself being able to deal with something like that mentally. It must take a huge toll on you. Oh, it does. That's why the counselling that's been offered by Family Carers Ireland is so important. I've had I've had four sessions now, but I'd say I'm like an onion. I'll and there'll be a lot of work in me now. Okay. Um, it it is starting to help to talk, but like what we go through, we all need counselling. We all need support, and I I urge other carers to reach out to family carers they're great do you know when you're in the thick of it and you can't seem to see out of it now there's always someone there who might have a logical solution to some little problem if they can't help everything you know they they haven't got a magic wand because we we say to new parents all the time that being a new parent you know with a little baby for the first few years for husbands and wives and partners it can be very difficult and challenging time because you're dealing with a little human being that's completely unindependent right but when you have that to face for the rest of your life not just for a time to you know when they get to about five or six they can run around on their own they can go out into the garden you know they know when they want to eat they know when they'll fall asleep at nine or ten o'clock and wake up the next morning at eight so you know as parents we, we get that break then once they become of that age but for you to face that for the rest of your life and say this is my life yeah, it's relentless. It's never ending. It's day after day after day and not knowing when you're going to get rest. When is when is your precious, precious child going to get a bit of ease from the symptoms that they're suffering? It's just, it's just, it's torture. It's absolute torture and devastation day after day. And, and is there, is there any good it, news for Fiona in the future? Like, I mean, have you looked at, you know, have they talked about, you know, well, I don't want to say cures, but certainly treatments for him that might help him or make his life easier in the future? Is there anything on well, the horizon even? Yeah, unfortunately, Fiona is one of the few children in Ireland that have a life-limiting condition. Now, Fiona wasn't supposed to even see two years of age we went up to Dublin to, to get a diagnosis and the consultant said, you know, she had initially been bringing us up there to say that we would be very lucky if he saw five. But she got a land when she saw him, Niall. She said, oh, my God, he's very strong and, you know, he's sturdy and he looks very healthy. What are you doing? 
Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, myself and Trevor, we were there together. Well, we said we're giving him private physiotherapy. We're giving him private occupational therapy, private speech and language therapy. We're giving him our, an organic diet. We're giving him a blended food diet in through his peg. And actually, now he's able to take pureed food by the mouth because he's getting so much stronger with the private physiotherapy. But we have to pay for it privately as well. So the and and uh, there's only one income coming into your house and your yeah, husband is only yeah. one man. Um, yeah. So the, the, the consultant, the, the prof, she said, um, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you're improving his quality of life. And, you know, that gave us a little bit of reassurance as to what we were doing. We were on the right track, but we can't sustain that. So we continuously fundraise and it's rotten. It's rotten to have to continuously ask for help. But we are just so lucky with the support that we have received from everyone. Well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm glad you're getting that and I'm glad you're getting the financial support. But yeah. but unfortunately, finance, as much as that's how we start the conversation today, is not always the the answer either. You do need sort of emotional support as well. But do, do me a favor, stay there because I want to go to Elizabeth as well. Elizabeth, you're yeah. on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Elizabeth? Hello, Noel. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. You have a daughter who also has special needs. How old is she? Um, she's going to be 16 on Thursday, the 25th. So, um, okay, and, you know. and what, what's, what's wrong with her? When I say what's wrong with her, what's, what's challenging about her behaviour? Well, um, she's cerebral palsy. She's epilepsy. She's blind, you know. Um, doesn't do absolutely anything. Um, doesn't really sleep that well. Um, how many hours know, would she sleep a day? Well, she's kind of, we kind of put her down about 10 maybe or so or 9 and then she's kind of awake through the night. So okay. And again, it's kind of constant. I'm up at 6 in the morning, I have a 7-year-old, I have a 3-year-old little girl. Um, so it's her, her whole life just stops with Katie, you know, there's no, you know, it's it's constant. You know. And I, I know that can be difficult, we've talked about mm-hmm. this in the show before, how that can be difficult uh, with for the other children too. It can, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. obviously all yeah. your focus as a parent has to be on Katie, obviously. Yeah, exactly, all the time. And then... Yeah. The respite is gone. There's no, uh, she goes to Stewart's, which is absolutely great. Her principal there is Mary Carr. She's just a wonderful person from day one. Uh, rest, uh, you know, Stewart's a great uh, respite has stopped, and um, the schooling has stopped. So I'm just, I just, I was turning to a deep end, and there was just, I felt there was no way out. You know, there was just, I get eight hours home package a week, which is very, very little. Um, eight hours a week. Eight hours a week. That's it. Um, of a Saturday, um, where I can bring the two smaller ones off, maybe. Yeah. And that is, I was told I was getting too much, and um, eight hours was too much for me. I don't believe anything would be too much in your situation. You know, yeah. Katie doesn't do anything. I mean, nothing for herself. She doesn't, you know, nothing. Um, yeah, she's no. like a newborn baby, but she's going to be 16. Well, she's like a newborn baby who's also mm-hmm. blind as well. So, exactly. I mean, she can't even see what's going on around her. She's not exactly. even aware of the yeah. world around yeah. her. Yeah. She kind of thinks she can see shadows, but they're not, um, yeah. enough, you know. Yeah. Um, it's so difficult. It's so frustrating. I think I get one or nine extra a week. I get halfway care and I'm divorced myself. But um, I and so and so getting back to the question I've asked, and it's always unfortunately it's women that I'm hearing on the air today. There mm-hmm. are some men in this situation, mm-hmm. but a lot of the times it is women because women, you know, I suppose there is a maternal role there too. And right. sometimes, mm-hmm. well, in a lot of cases, somebody has to be out earning the money too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, how are you coping as an as a human being? How are you coping? <laughs> I mean, I've rang my spot and kind of say, you know, when when are we open back up and they kind of think September maybe. It's just, it's, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor, I'm a carer. And, I, you know, I just feel that it's so hard. It's, I'm sure there's days you just sit there saying, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I just can't keep doing this. Yeah, I do. But you, you know, have to, of course. Yeah. yeah, when I'm not sleeping, I can, I'm just, 
you kind of have to pick up for the other two smaller ones then and then mama can't go anywhere because I can't bring Katie someplace because she won't eat outside it's just very awkward and then you kind of put their life in hold too where they kind of know that Katie's coming first and you always do that with Katie and why can't we do you know it's just it's oh, that must very, be very difficult for them of course yeah and I understand it's very hard on the smaller ones you know very hard I suppose yeah. myself I my only bit of respite I get is maybe Netflix it's Heartland maybe it's 10 o'clock at night you know that's it on Netflix it's just down little things and you can't go out with your friends you can't socialise you can't have a hangover you can't you know, you have to you have to pick up the next morning. I'm I'm very rarely I drink and I don't smoke myself. I don't take prescription drugs or anything like that. But you can't let go. So you your life is just dedicated to Katie and your other exactly. children, obviously as well. But yeah. but but yeah. more so, obviously to Katie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, obviously, so um, there's nobody I suppose can babysit for you, or no. you, know, you can't. You just my, can't. I mean, my mom is seventy five. She's actually she's wonderful. You know, I. Um, Covid must have made that very difficult, by the way, with your mum. Yeah. I mean, Katie has never crossed my door in 14 or 15 weeks since the 14th, I think, of March. She's never went outside. You know, we're just, just the government kind of forgot us on this whole, this whole. And what I mean, forgot. okay, if, if there was anybody listening, if Simon Harris or or anybody who is responsible in the HSC, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would you say to them? What what more can they do for you? Obviously. You know, it is your child, and we all accept oh, that today. That mm-hmm, you know, and you love mm-hmm. your own child. You do anything do. for them, and, and nobody is suggesting that for a minute. Mm-hmm. But what more can the government do to help you? I think give us more. I mean, my fight is gone. I mean, my fight is gone for more hours of, of you know, my, my I just I've gone to stage. Where I've just accepted it now at this stage. I mean, I mean, it's like the one or nine a week is very very little a week to get extra. I mean, what is that? Two euro fifty cent an hour, something like two euro. Yeah, that's that's four certainly devaluing your your role as a parent and yeah. as a carer. Yeah. yeah, I've always worked. I've always worked before. Even when I had Katie, I worked. Then she got really really sick with her seizures, so I kind of had to stop working. And you know, I just feel we need more. You know, we need more support. I suppose um, more hours for respite, more home health. You know, we're just I feel we're forgotten about. You know, just because we own this child, that's. Our responsibility, we, we, responsibility, but they have to kind of take some sort of part too. And well, it well, well, it's not you know. just your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Your child is a citizen of the country, and as a mm-hmm. citizen of the country under the constitution, yeah. the state has mm-hmm. a responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I mean, voted for that—the mm-hmm. Children's uh, Act. They're yeah. going back about the referendum there about three years mm-hmm. ago, anyway. So, I mean, yeah. they yeah. do have—they have a huge responsibility. They have more of a responsibility yeah. now than they had mm-hmm. before that referendum. So, yeah. I don't know why people like you yeah. are being left in this situation. Yeah, they need. Be more. I mean, I just you know, with, I my little girl attends Dr. Neil McDonald and and um, Tala she attends Dr. Professor King and Tampa. They all been wonderful, but it's you know really George Singrail. Yeah, it's just not enough. We need the government to stand up and say, listen, we're going to design someone here that knows what they're talking about and get this help to the man, to the dad, to the family support. It's just so hard. I mean, we're just I feel we're forgotten, about, especially with this COVID thing. We're just completely there was no mention of us at all. I mean, I have lost Katie's, um, she used to go back to school in five or two weeks. That's gone. Everything is... Everything no, no, I, I understand. And throughout COVID, we seem to be throwing money at everything. I understand rightfully in some sense, but there was a lot of wastage there as well. But I mean, a lot of that money and a lot of that support, those services uh, could have been used or throughout the years for people like yourself. And do, do me a favour, because I want to go to Adele as well, uh, just Thank before you I finish this up. Adele, you're a classic. Kids. How are you doing, Adele? Hi, you not too bad. Yeah, um, you've been listening there as well to Elizabeth and to uh, Breda and everybody else and Mary that was on earlier on, Sinead, all in the same situation. But you care for two children with disabilities. Um, yes, two. So we have four children and our oldest and our youngest have severe disabilities. Okay. And what, can I ask what's wrong with them? 
Yeah, so we have a little boy who's about to be 14 on Wednesday, and he has cerebral palsy, so he's in a wheelchair. Okay. Um, full time, so he's like having a, a very large seven or eight month old. Yeah, okay. Um, so he now he can chat, like, do you know what I mean? He chats to you like any other fourteen year old would. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but he's um, he quite demanding in, in his in yeah, physically very much so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, very much so. He's about six inches shorter than I am, so it's, um, it gets awkward kind of lifting him around and moving him and things like that. And how do you do, how do you manage that? I mean, and I'm, I should have asked Elizabeth the same question as well with her with her daughter. How do you actually manage? Like, if you need to get him into a bath or you you need to get him back or in or out of his chair. How do you manage to do that? Niles, there's no, there's no um, explanation. Obviously, if my husband is here, um, he does all the lifting, but he's gone between 12 and 14 hours a day at work. Mm. Um, so like dressing Max in the morning, I do it. Um, if he needs a change, because he he, his hands are very shaky and inaccurate, so he would often spill a drink or spill food or things like that. So if I had to change him during the day, which would be often, and then take him to the bathroom and stuff during the day, that would all be me. Yeah. Um, so it's all just... And as he, as he gets older, that gets more difficult, of course, because he's a... Very he's, much so. Yeah. And the rest point where the poor child is now, like, I'm really sorry, man, but I need to pee again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, a basic human need, like, and he's apologising. Yeah. And what's wrong with your other child? Um, that just turned four on Saturday. I'm sorry. You okay? Yeah. Um, and it's just, this is the problem that we have, trying to raise awareness for children with special needs because it feels like all we do is tell people the bad things about them. No, I know, and, and, I, and I've reiterated that throughout the whole show, that you wouldn't change it for the world in the respect of you love Absolutely. your child just as much Absolutely. as anybody else loves their child, no matter how challenging they are. But yeah. you want help. You just want help. Absolutely. Absolutely. So our youngest then just turned four on Saturday, and there was two in the middle, but the youngest just turned four. Um, and he has what they call global developmental delay, which is basically code. I'm sure there's mommies out there laughing at children with global developmental delay. It's cold for it. We don't know what's wrong with your child. I know. Um, they, have, they have lots of delays. And so Zach doesn't speak at all. And so he's, he's non-verbal not, and he's, he's uh, selective mutism and all those um, other things. Yeah, Yeah. well, there's not much mutism with him. He's very, very loud <laughs> most oh, of the right, time. Right, okay, okay. Um, it's just, you can't understand him. Um, he has a lot of sensory issues and some behaviour issues that are only getting worse as um, preschool has closed and he's not going for his appointments and... We don't have contact with any of his um, therapists at the moment. He's with them. Um, I'm sure he, during the COVID, he's probably regressed because he's not getting an SNA in school and he's not getting that. Behavior 100%. Yeah. We kind of, we were yeah. struggling with his behaviour. We kind of felt like we got a handle on it, which I'm sure from the outside world, it didn't look like we did. But for us at home, we felt like we kind of had a handle on him. Um, but he's back to hitting, scratching, pinching. Um, and he's, he's only four. So I can only imagine what mammies of um, children that are bigger and stronger. And and how is, I mean, again, I'm going to ask you the question I've asked every other single mother that's been on the show today. How are you? I'm tired. Yeah, I'd say you are. Very tired. Um, we're lucky, well, not lucky, um, to the point where Zach had such trouble sleeping that his paediatrician did prescribe um, melatonin supplements for him for that night. Okay. Um, and so once we get that into him, we get about 10 hours where he'll sleep. Okay. Um, but that's when like, I have to get stuff done. I know. I know because you have to get you have to get prepared for the next day then for your yes, other son. I have two other kids that I sit down with then that don't have any um, special needs. They are um, five and seven, and so they know that they're not getting all the attention. I know. They I know, know how hard it is that they. It's like they, like I was one of them seven year old came to the other day with his shoes and handed them to me, and I was like, I'm not putting your shoes on. You know, you're seven. Pop your shoes on. Don't be silly. And he's like, Well, you put masks on. I know, I know, and they, they feel like they're not getting attention because they're children. You put his shoes on and he's nearly 14 and he won't put mine on, you know, and they're not being mean, I think they're just tired too. Yeah. Yeah, I know, it's difficult for everybody in the family, I'm sure it is, I'm Absolutely. sure it's really I mean, difficult. I'm trying to 
raise awareness, you know, trying to talk to people and the amount of forms that you fill in and the amount of times you have to ask. It's almost like, like you're not being, it's like you're not being believed. You know exactly. what I mean? Absolutely. I would invite anybody. Simon Harris is more than welcome to come to my house any morning and stay here for a day and see what we actually put up. It's, I think it's the only way they'll change because the, it's, you only know what it's like when you're listening. You only know when it's your groundhog day over and over and over again. I know. I know, and I'm, I'm really sorry that it's upsetting you even thinking about that now. And I didn't, I didn't want to upset people today. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm I cry at watching neighbours. So don't worry about <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, listen, I, I I wish you well, like everybody else. And I'm I'm glad we could raise a bit of awareness. We we didn't plan to do this in the show today, by the way. It was only that Geraldine came on at the start, and now we've kind of just abandoned yeah, everything else. I'm so totally hopefully speaking for all the care and mummies out there that we really appreciate any limelight that we can get. Okay, but look, we're going to follow it up. This is not the end of it. We're going to follow it up this week. I certainly believe that we have to because there's so many people texting in. And I I really do appreciate your call, all right? Thank you very much, and I wish you well, and and your children, by the way, and everybody who, by the way, called in uh, in relation to that. Now, let me go to Ellen, because we have focused very much today on people looking after their sons and daughters. But what if you're caring for your mother? Good afternoon to you, Ellen. Hi, how are you? I care for my mom, who's 88, who has Alzheimer's. Okay. Um, mom has been, we were all originally from Dublin. Mom came and we moved to Galway. Mom came to live with us in the last three years. Okay. Um, just because the other, her, well, I suppose she had a heart attack at 85. She was put into a nursing home up in Dublin. And from there, she started going on antidepressants. It just wasn't for her. It didn't work. She missed family. She missed life, her independence. Okay. So we decided to take her down. And my husband took two years off work to become her full-time carer. Okay. Obviously, that ran out. And he had to go back into Fulham. Okay, so he was, on a, he was on a career break, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he, well, he changed career, but yeah, okay. basically. So we then looked into, I've been an amazing public health nurse, I'm extremely lucky. We then looked into day centres, you know, to spread the care. We had private carers coming in and we had carers from the HSE in order for everything to work. We run a very, very tight ship. And how is she, since, by the way? Does she have any form of independence yeah. at all? No. Um, well, I suppose since COVID now, she's been come fully incontinent. Um, she would be a high risk of fall. Um, okay. Her memory loss, she's repetitive. She's 24 hours care, constant, who's bringing me home? Do they know I'm here, even though you're standing in front of her? Um, she would fresh a lot. She, does she know who you are? She still knows who you are, does she? Uh, she may think I'm staff. She may think another day okay. that I'm... Uh, Maybe somebody in respite with her. Say. It must be very difficult for you, Alan, to, to see your mum go to that point. extremely yeah. difficult, as yeah. in, seeing as the day centres has been lost, that was keeping us kind of alive, surviving, yeah. Yeah. Um, giving us a well-needed break. But I just find, like, as your other listeners have been saying, that there is no support out there. there we have a group but it runs at 11 o'clock. Like, who's coming to take care of mom while we're at that support group? Yeah. I you know, know what I mean? There, it isn't there. It's like... There's no support for you. Yeah, and the support... Yeah. And we, we, we've talked about support today, not just for the person, obviously, that needs the, the care, but it's support for the people who are caring for them. That's really what this is about. We, we need to get support for you. We need to get support for all other callers around today, not only for your mental health as well, but support to help you to care because you're no good on your own. It's to help you to care for your mom. You're no good on your own. And like you were just listening to, this affects the whole family. It does, of you know, course. Because, like, financially, you know, I'm literally back from work. My husband has run out to his work. 
Do you know what I mean? That's what we're You're like ships in the night, essentially, at this stage. Ships in the night. My 10-year-old daughter, who should be 27 at this stage, (laughs) you know, has to change my mom's pad in the morning because I can't afford to have a carer 24-7. So so your 10-year-old is changing your mom as well? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, we're up in the middle of the night. Often, mom, because she's incontinent, she might take off the pad. You're, yeah. you know, you're putting on a wash in the middle of the night. I know. You're trying to ease her. You're trying to make her as comfortable as possible. And you know, I think the government have missed out on. It's all about the elderly and how it affects them and how COVID and how vulnerable they are. But they're actually forgetting that without us looking after her. We're saving them a fortune. And, and forget about know, COVID even. You're, that, when COVID has come and gone, you're still there doing the same job. That's what I'm saying. And you were doing it before COVID as well. So I know COVID has kind of put a bit of focus and should put focus on it. But in saying that, you know, when COVID is finished, you still have to do it. It comes and goes. Uh, I and still I, have to do it, but at least there was the day centres there and nothing yeah. has been put in place since they left. Also, the fact of like that, they're just missing out on the part that you know, the elderly, they've lived their lives. You know, they've contributed to society. Yeah, they deserve and better treatment, Jim. kind of go, okay, let's forget about this. And, you know, she, she can go into a home. That's so She'll be grand, yeah. yeah. No, moment. no, no. And I, I absolutely appreciate it. I'm sorry I'm running out of time today. But, Ellen, I appreciate you coming on the air. And I do understand the plight of everybody, including yourself and many other carers who feel devalued, undervalued, and feel they're not being respected by the state and the people, of course, that they're looking after are not being respected as they should be under the constitution of this country. And uh, we will talk about it more. We're going to follow this up during the week. And I want to thank once again Geraldine, who came on the air at the very start of the show today, something that I didn't expect to happen. But absolutely, we have had a barrage of comments, uh, calls, texts, emails from people in very similar situations. Something has to be done about it. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.